This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me. This is powered by Digital Media. I want to introduce you to my friend Lauren Good from The Verge, who wants to tell you about an excellent sponsor. Thanks, Peter. Today's sponsor is Sortable. Ads suck and monetizing your website is hard work. Sortable uses technology and machine learning to make intelligent decisions about which ad networks will perform best for each user on your site. Stop worrying about your ads and focus on creating great content. Go to sortable.com slash recode. Thank you, Lauren. Today's sponsor is SoFi. SoFi is transforming the world of finance for the better. They offer great rate loans and help their members in ways the big banks can't. Visit SoFi.com. That's S-O-F-I.com to learn more. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon makes the most comfortable hoodies, sweatpants, underwear, and socks you'll ever wear. I can testify about the awesome socks. It turns out Sean, our excellent audio engineer, can also uh, tell you about how great the sweatpants are. What do you think, Sean? They're awesome. They're awesome. I don't know if you can hear that, but he's, he's endorsing them. He bought them, again, with his own money. That is the best endorsement we can give you. These things are naturally antimicrobial, so they will eliminate odor. You will smell better. You can wear them to work. You can wear them to interview Samantha B, which I'm going to do in just one second. They're easy to buy. You go to MacWeldon.com. You get 20% off your order with the promo code RECODE. That's MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code RECODE. If for some reason you don't like this stuff, you hang on to it. Mac Weldon sends you your money back. It's amazing, but somehow it works. 20% off for you if you use the RECODE promo code at MacWeldon.com. That's MacWeldon.com, promo code RECODE. All right, I'm here with Samantha B., who's also Sam B. Yeah. We're debating. Either. It's your choice. It's dealer's choice. I'm going with Sam because it's shorter. Sure. You're the host of Full Frontal with Sam B. That's this is an right. Awesome new slash newish show. Newish. Launched in February. How's it going? It's great. Yeah, it's really fun. Timing's perfect, right? Timing's perfect because we scheduled this election for you. That was so. That was really thoughtful of America to schedule this crazy. So you guys started planning this last summer, right? We did. Yes. So you, so Trump was there, and you got a sense of what the Republican Party looked like, but you it, couldn't but have imagined this. You right? could never have imagined this. I mean, we. You know, it's funny. In the fall, I think we were watching things happen. We were watching news items go by and feeling so regretful and thinking, how can it ever get better than this? And then You're like, this is our chance. We've missed this. It's not going to I know. I'm just watching all these great jokes just walk out of your life. <laughs> but it turned out okay. We're fine. I, mean, I, I watched more. last night's episode. You had Kasich. I'm pronouncing it right. Kasich. Kasich. Cl- really close. I don't really follow the Sometimes news. Sometimes I see his name and I want to say <laughs> it differently. Anyway, that man is lecturing Orthodox Jews on, on wow. Passover. Mm-hmm. Matzah, yep. Easter. Yeah. Awesome. He's a lecturer. You're going to miss him. He likes to <laughs> miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss him when he's gone. So let's talk a bit about the origin of the show. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people know it, but you were on The Daily Show yes. for a long time. Long time. That years. went away last spring? Uh, yes, I left in February of last year. So, you, so how did it work? Were you there through John Stewart's mm-hmm. departure? No, he left in – I left in – April-ish. I knew I was leaving as of February. I actually left in April, so I did a little bit of a step down. And then he didn't leave until August. But he, he didn't announced he was leaving prior he'd announced, to that. He announced so, it so in February. He announced in he February. was leaving. Yes. He said, I'm leaving too. Well, we actually also, because we had another show in right. development. You and your husband. So, yes, we did. Uh, the Detour, which is Mondays at 9 o'clock on yeah, TBS. Don't, don't, don't. You can say I, had to, I was searching oh, you, okay, for it. We were in development, so when actually when John announced, it all kind of came together really quickly because so, we picked up our show. Right. We shot the pilot in December. I know you've been asked before, but I'll ask mm-hmm. you anyway. Did yeah. you think, oh, maybe I'll stay on, maybe I'll be John Stewart, maybe I'll take over The Daily Show? No, to be honest with you, when TBS approached me, they did it swiftly, and um, 
I knew that that was the right decision for me. So there was no sense of, I wasn't longing for the Daily Show or anything no? like that. I was you much more, I'd really much rather do my own thing, which is, it's just better for me. Yeah. It's I mean, just better for it's me. It's obviously the show you're doing now has mm-hmm. a lot of the heritage of the Daily Show, right? Yeah. Of what you're doing, sort of sure. your point of view. I mean, I learned everything that the show is, I learned there, and then I'm just advancing it for my own purposes, advancing it in my own way. Yeah. So, so had Comedy Central come to you and said, we'd like you to take the show over, would you have been like, no, I'm, I'm good? I think so. Yeah. I think so, because, I mean, you know, I was already in such a good situation with TBS, and I liked them so much. I mean, I really like them personally and professionally, so and, it's yeah, and much better. Employing you two times over. Two times over. Your it's entire family's income. Really incredibly, it's pretty amazing how tied we are to them. And working with them on the detour was such a pleasure cruise. Like, they were really good collaborators with us, so it felt really right. And it seems like they came to you, I'm half-guessing here, as sort of a network that says, look, things aren't great. We need to turn around. We're bringing in new executives. We're open to lots of new stuff. Well, when we were developing the detour there, they were in a period of flux. Yeah. I mean, Kevin hadn't started yet, so there was there was a period of time there where our project was kind of hanging. And the detour, for people who haven't seen it, is mm-hmm. it's, it's I think it's being advertised as sort of a... It's being advertised as a road trip fam- kind of comedy, but it actually is so much more than a road trip. I mean, it takes place on the road, right. but it actually is a serialized comedy. Right. And it's a much darker Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's story. challenging, right, is, is one of the words so. people use for it. Oh, so it's it's, it's not the kind of thing you might get on a lot of other networks or people might say, oh, God, we don't no. want that. No, I don't think so. TBS gave us tremendous freedom. They give us tremendous freedom on the detour, and they've given us unbridled freedom on Full Frontal. <laughs> so they start with a detour, you say, and they, then they come to you and say, we also want you to do yeah, a they show. Yeah, were, they were, the collaboration worked so well, and I think that they saw an opportunity. A year ago, were you mm-hmm. thinking of the show that you're doing today? Was Is this what you imagined, or was, did it morph over time? It definitely morphed over time, but the concept of this show is something that I'd had in the back of my mind for quite some time. Tease that out. So I mean, in the sense that it would permit me, the, the schedule of the show, of doing it once a week, permits me to go out in the world and do field pieces, which is actually really what I love doing. I mean, I love doing all of it, but I never want to lose the opportunity to go out and shoot pieces. And is the, the, the thought, I'll do one of these pieces per week, that'll be sort of the end That's the, the thought. Show. It's not going to always happen because they actually, as you know, it's a ton take, of work. It's a ton of work. It's just a very, it's a real time suck. Yeah. And as enjoyable as, as it is, it's actually such a, it's a major, major, major time cost. And then in terms of the point of view, again, it's if you watch the Daily Show, we've all mm-hmm. watched the Daily Show, it seems familiar, right? In a, in a comfortable way. Like, all right, this is, I reminds just love me doing of that it. show. I just love doing it. I think for me, I like to get out of the studio. I think it f- gives the audience a little bit of variety. I think people like to be taken places. I do. I, I myself do as an audience member. Yeah. So I mean, Physically, like you I, went to Jordan early on. I like to physically get out of the office. I like to psychologically get out of the studio. I just happen to like just a lot of variety in what I'm watching. And when when you're going out on the road now mm-hmm. and presenting yourself as I'm Sam B, I'm doing the do people get what they're getting into yeah. when they, when you show up yeah. at the gun show? Or I guess you had your, well, that your producer go to the was gun a show, little right? bit different be, just because of state laws. We had to be super careful to do everything exactly correctly. I mean, I couldn't go to a gun show in Tennessee and buy a, a gun. So we had to Oh, have, there's actual laws about that. Oh, you go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's uh, hard to believe. But yes, there <laughs> are actual laws. And we were very, very careful not to break any of them. 
But now that we're that many years in the idea of the Daily Show style interview where often the subject comes on and you're poking fun at them and they're well, you know what's interesting? It's interesting what you're saying because I did those for so long at the Daily Show that they kind of became my thing. You, you know, they really became my thing. Yeah. So I think in some ways I'm taking it with me. It's your and thing. It is a, it's not my thing only, but I, you know, Jason and I evolved that, you know, in our own way. And I think that we're taking that and I'm trying to do it differently. I'm trying to push the medium forward for myself as well. So I'll rephrase the question. When you go out to do a Sam B. That's right. And you go to not a gun dealer, but someone, do they get, what what is their expectation when you show up with a camera crew? Do they think, all right, there's a joke and I'm part of the joke or the joke's on me and that's fine or... People, yeah, we are very upfront. We right. are very, very upfront. Right, you're not, you're not, not ambushing It's not an them. ambush. I would be so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable with ambushes. I just hate doing it. I like everybody to be on. We're not all on the same footing exactly every time, but people know what they're getting into. They can now watch the show. Right. It was actually a lot more difficult to get people to say yes when we didn't have a show. So in the interim, in the run-up to the, the show. it's become easier because I think people do – on some level, and this might feel hard to believe, on some level people do see that we actually are giving people an opportunity to say their piece. We actually are not cutting them off right. and stopping them from communicating what is in their heart. I think I'm being very judicious and very careful about that. So, again, if you're slow and dull-witted like me and you watch your show, go, oh, there's no desk? No desk? There's no yep. guest interview? Nope. Were those things you thought about early on, I, I want to get rid of those, I want to move past yes, that stuff? there's no way. We could not have had a desk. I mean, I think for our own desires, we could not have had a desk. We didn't want to have a desk. I mean... It's more kinetic without it, right? It's more kinetic. And my face does really weird things. Like if I'm trapped behind something, I start to fidget. I'm, and I, I'm worried about you now because you're No, I'm, I have my hand in my hair and I am just gently scratching my head <laughs> for no reason. Just <laughs> digging a little groove in my scalp. I'm sorry about <laughs> no, that. no, no, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I find it really comforting. I'm like self-soothing here. And it really... <laughs> here, self-soothe not, for a second. We'll take a quick commercial break. analyze that too deeply. <laughs> Sortable isn't your typical ad tech company. They're a company built on data, using technology and machine learning to make intelligent decisions. Their ad engine analyzes millions of ad impressions every day, and they're working with all of the major ad networks, including Google, AppNexus, AOL, OpenX, and Amazon, just to name a few. In real time, they analyze users, geography, device type, session depth, layouts, networks, and bids. Using machine learning, their ad engine understands which ad network is going to pay the most for every impression. And of course, make sure those ad networks fill your ad space. Bottom line is that they're working on some really interesting stuff and they're helping a growing list of web publishers make more money and stop worrying about their ads. These guys started out as publishers, so they know how much work it takes to make money online. Check them out at sortable.com slash recode. Sortable is making ads suck less at sortable.com slash recode. Today's Recode Media is also brought to you by Oxford Road. Six months ago, it was all about top-line growth, but today you can't raise if you can't acquire customers and show a path to profitability. That's why the smartest minds in consumer tech are choosing Oxford Road, the fastest-growing ad agency in consumer tech. Their clients acquire tens of thousands of new customers every week through TV, radio, and podcasts. All campaigns are measured and managed using best-in-class attribution methodologies from multiple sources. They also offer free creative message development, scoring, and optimization. 
As a client, attribution modeling and consulting is included for free, and your own customized analytics dashboard is also free. Oxford Road does not accept most new business opportunities due to product quality, bandwidth limitations, and current client exclusivities. So find out if you qualify for their services right now and get a free needs analysis and demonstration of their analytics platform. Go to OxfordRoad.com scale today before your investors ask why you haven't. That's OxfordRoad.com scale. And now we're back from the commercial break. I feel better. Yeah, no, right, I'm good. not. I'm not at all upset. I always self soothe. I think I'm a nail biter. I'm kind of fidgety. I'm a nail biter. Are you? Yeah. I have to have my nails painted so that I won't stick them in my mouth. Someone like, tried painting. Uh, they gave me something. That, where it, it, oh it yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. It has a terrible taste. It didn't stop me. Didn't stop me. No, it doesn't stop any nail biter. Yeah. We have a compulsion that is greater right. than any bad flavor. All right, we, we get each other now. <laughs> So you said, all right, I'm not, I don't want to sit at a desk, and also no. I don't want to bring on a guest. I don't want to interview someone. Not really. I mean, I think that we will. I think that we will do that when it, if it makes sense, if it fits what we want to do, if it excites us. We're sort of doing, you know, I think that we're sort of trying to do a show that we just want to watch ourselves. That's all we're really, we keep it really small. We don't think about the, we're not really thinking too much outside of this office when we make a show. And part of that is I just don't want to really sit with people and ask them the same questions that everybody's already heard the answers to, basically. Now I Does feel that... fidgety for asking you this. No, 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 no. I don't I don't mean that. Yeah. I mean like political leaders, you know, yeah. they have their talking points. No, and frankly, right, like that was the rap on the Daily Show was that that was the least interesting part of it most often. Most I would say most often. I would tend to agree with that. Right, you sort of tuned in for the first bit. And mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about that, just making TV in general, right? Mm-hmm. So. In theory, we're writing about technology and business here, sure. so we don't have to belabor it. But one of the things that's interesting to me about what you do and anyone who's making TV is you're making television. Mm-hmm. Your audience presumably spends a lot of time online. They may consume all of your show online. Uh-huh. How do you think about sort of, all right, I'm gonna, this stuff's all going to go to YouTube or Facebook, and I'm okay with that, or I, I hope that someone samples this and – and then I think I can watch all of yesterday's show on YouTube. Right. I mean, we think of, I mean, we think about it, but we don't overthink it. You know, I mean, everything has to be, you have to be a bit mindful of having a, a break in an act so that you can sort of chop it into pieces so that it's a little bit more shareable. But we don't think of the show as something that we're not dividing it. So you're as making we go a television on. show. We're making a television show, understanding that there are points within the television show where it would be beneficial for us right. not to put out an eight-minute long segment. And what do you think about the idea that, that there's a lot of people who may be your fans who will never watch the show on the air? They'll, they'll only consume it. I know I'm supposed to not like that. Yeah. I mean, for business reasons, I'm not, or maybe su- not. I'm not supposed to like that. But I actually think I consume television products in a way that is probably not pleasing to networks. So I really can't fault people for Right. I mean, seeking. and the kind of stuff you do works perfectly, right? It's yeah. five minutes. It's really entertaining. Obviously, we want to drive people to TBS, and we want them to watch the show in real time because that's what – but it's not the only thing that builds a brand anymore. Right. It's not really. It's more – awareness and you want as many eyeballs on your stuff as humanly possible and I would take that from anywhere. Like if the Turner folks said, look, you can start off by distributing this stuff wildly on on wherever and then eventually we're gonna pull it back and you'll have to watch it on TV. Or I don't you're not even really, having that discussion. I don't even have those discussions because everybody knows not to do that because my eyes just <laughs> there were we definitely had, you know, like web development meetings where I just was so just completely tuned out. I, I can't really help it. It's not. It's not my strength. Not your thing. It's not my strength. It's important to me because the success of the show is important to me, and as a consumer of 
visual products. Yeah. It's important to me because I like to access everything, but building that for this show is not. And what about my the other strength. social stuff? Facebook, Twitter. You had a great Twitter joke last year, making fun of Vanity Fair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I they had the, the men of comedy, or it was the sorry, it was the stars the of comedy yep. who happened to be men. That's right. <laughs> and you photoshopped yourself in. Well, I did photoshop myself in. It was a long. It was a picture that really drove home the message of there really are a lot of men in late night comedy. I mean, you couldn't. Is that something you do no on your own, or that. does someone? Yeah, yeah. So yeah you, well, you, I actually. Um, it's an evolved joke, right? Because you you well, photoshopped in a thing. I photoshopped in a thing, but we I already had that photo because Miles Khan, who is an executive producer of the show, kind of runs the field department here. We had been talking about doing a field piece and using that image for something, yeah. so we cooked it up. So you had it on hand. for months, so it was on hand. So it was already on hand. So, and then did you feel like an obligation? All right, look, I should have a Twitter presence. I should have a Facebook presence. Does that stuff come naturally to you? It doesn't or, come very no. naturally to me. I don't really. Not I, your do, thing. I don't really catalog every moment of my life. You know, you're missing I, out. I know. I know. What a fool. <laughs> Although I actually did strawberries. Right you know now. what? I did tweet a photo of myself voting today. Very good. Because it's the first time I've ever voted. Right. Because you are now an American citizen. That's right. I've read on the That's internet. Correct. That's correct. I do, I do correct serious research here. Yeah, I'm a dual citizen. Um. Back to the the actual television show that you made. Yes. Right. The obvious thing that everyone writes about when mm-hmm. they write about you, when yep. you Google you, is you're a woman. What? God. It seems like the discussions go back and forth. Like the discussion, and even in your promotional stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't watch it, you're sexist, right? Oh, right. 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 Um, right. <laughs> on the one hand, you don't want it to be sort of the dominant theme mm-hmm. of what you're doing. On the other hand, it's the really obvious thing to notice. It seems like, again, it informs your comedy. Mm-hmm. How are you thinking about it sort of minute to minute, day to day, as you're producing the show? We're not thinking about it at all. Is that an okay? Is that yeah, that's an okay fine. answer? We don't think about it too much. I mean, we the things that jump out to us, the news items, the things that jump out to us, jump out to us in a certain way, probably because we're we're not all women here, but we all have a certain point of view. So it it informs the comedy here, but in a way that is very seamless. We know we don't come into work and go. What are the what are the women's stories right. today? It's just the stories that jump out. Like the, I, I went to your taping to last week. You mm-hmm. did a great thing about diapers and whether oh, or not yeah, they, diapers, they, they, yeah. they were funded with checks, maybe T-checks. America's first Kenyan Muslim president achieved another milestone last month, becoming the first president to attend South by Southwest. <laughs> wow. I guess festivals make everyone basic. Actually, he was there for the same reason as everyone else, to launch his exciting new tech venture. Diapers are really expensive. Ha! Diapers. I was expecting something unequivocally awesome, like virtual reality space bullshit. Do you think that's something that would have run at a different show? I don't, actually. I think that the diaper segment in particular is a great example of a piece of satire that would not have been created or performed on and any other existing show currently. So, and that's more because Which it's you, great. right? That's you. Which is something that I think that we can be proud of here. And because right. it also it was very funny. It's a, it's a terrible it's story. Great. I think we did a great job with it. I'm really proud of it. It was very funny. It's an important story. It's something not a lot of people know or think about. I poop humor didn't. in there. There's a little poo humor in there, which is always welcome. So it was a mixed bag. I do think we all walked away from that going, well, I'm proud. I think that we did that piece and nobody else would have. And do so you, that's do you, good. Do you, can you feel that sort of resonating with your audience? Like, oh, that's a thing that we're getting from Scrampa. I do, yeah. but I mean, unless, you know, lest, I think that actually, if I may say this, demographically, I actually think that the majority of our viewers are men. So it's not really. That makes sense. So it's not. 
I think people are just seeking comedy if they get to have some catharsis along the way. That's helpful. I want to talk about people like that. Catharsis in a second. My mm-hmm. sound guy's yelling at me oh. silently. So we oh, should. T- gotcha. We've already taken one break. We can wow. take another one. We're going to sell a lot us. of stuff on this show. We're going to sell stuff. I'm you eat your strawberries strawberry. quietly. I'll quietly masticate. This episode is brought to you by SoFi. SoFi is transforming the financial world by offering great rates on things like student loan refinancing, personal loans, and mortgages. The process is pretty simple. They look at your financial potential. If there's promise, they back you for life. So when you borrow with SoFi, you get an awesome set of perks, too. You get career services, member happy hours, nationwide networking events, unemployment protection, and even an entrepreneur program, which I'm proud for pronouncing correctly. The idea is that SoFi succeeds when their members succeed, so they'll do all they can to help their members out. Learn more about what they can do for you at SoFi.com. That's S-O-F-I.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com. We were having the gender discussion. Uh-huh. Do you want to keep yeah. having gender discussion? No, Are you it's sick fine. of the gender discussion? I'm not at all sick of it because it doesn't, you know, I, I don't get I think it's really interesting. It. Again, I was at the taping. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong. It seemed like mm-hmm. there was a lot more women behind the stage sort of on, sort of working with you than you would see if I went to traditional light match show. Your showrunner's a woman. Yep. Your, She's incredible. Your warm-up person who is yep. your friend is a woman. There yep. was, it seemed like there was, I don't I was going to say female energy, and I thought, don't say that, and I just said it. So No, you said it, so it's Sorry. real. No, but it's... But it's not a Lilith Fair, right? It's a it's comedy not, show. No, it's a comedy show. Everybody's working, you know, everybody's working at maximum overdrive. How, sure. how conscious are you about having more diversity behind the scenes? We're very conscious of it. We, that is something that we do think about. That's something that we thought about a lot when we were hiring, and we continue to think of it. We think of it. We're trying to build a mentorship program. Like an actual program, not Yeah, just- yeah, yeah, because... We realize that we haven't, it's not like we've solved the diversity problem, but we do need to kind of keep the needle pushing forward. So this is something that, that bedevils traditional late night, John Stewart. It does. Got rap for. Mm-hmm. Did, I mean, was that bothersome to you when you were at The Daily Show when it was primarily, I assume, white dudes from Harvard working there? Well, I was the only woman there for an awfully long time. So it was something that I noticed. It didn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something working, that. woman working on the show, period? Or just on, no, on camera? No, I was the only one on camera right. for the longest time. I mean, really. Like eight years, right? Eight years, yeah. something like that. So it didn't bedevil me. It wasn't always at the top of my consciousness. But since. You know, Joe, she's the showrunner since we've been putting this together. It's been important for us to figure out a way to, again, to advance the conversation. Just because, you know, when we started this, we knew the type of show that we wanted to do. And we knew that it would be really ferocious. (laughs) We just knew that it would be very, (laughs) that it would be very visceral because that's what we respond to. That's what we wanted to do. We didn't really know how that would be received by the world. How could you ever know? So we thought, well, if we only have six episodes or 13 episodes, because the original order was 13 episodes, but right. they can always truncate that on you, you know, if it's like a disaster. Just move you right to the <laughs> no, web. Just move you right to, <laughs> right to retooling. We had no idea, so we thought, well, why don't we just like try everything? Just, get, just do get, everything we do can everything at the beginning, can do, front load it. At the beginning, front load you know, the idea of doing mentorship and, you know, just keep doing that, just keep moving forward. And then if all we have are 13, then we know we tried. We all know that we tried. And so, now we have more than 13, so, so we, we can continue. Just mechanically, how do you go about saying, all right, we, we want a diverse staff. How do you go about doing that? Do you say we want this? J.J. Abrams has said mm-hmm. for his stuff he's doing in, in, in L.A., he said, we now want to see 
this percent Asian. We want we want to at least to look at a, a reflection of people that a cross section that looks like sure. America with actual numbers. Yeah, you have to do more than just putting out a submission packet for people and going like all people apply, please. You you have to make calls. You have to contact people who you know from that community. You have to go, hey, who do you know? Who do you know who knows someone else? Who do you know who knows you someone say, else who think you think would be great or who they think who would be great? Who is a woman who is an African-American? Yeah. yeah, so you're asking specifically you're for that. You're being really specific and reaching into places where maybe no one's ever been asked before and you're trying to say, hey, tell me all the people you think are great and tell them we want to hear from them. And is there anyone tapping on the shoulder saying, look, I know that's well-intentioned, but there's a, you know, look. It works no. best if we go to the traditional community. If it works best if we well, get we more to, white guys from Harvard. Of course, we went to the traditional community too. I mean, that's just a part of it. You go, you do your regular submission. You do all the agents and stuff yeah. like that, and you hit that territory. But then you have to, you do have to push that further. You do have to push that third. And it's really hard work. So are you really, pleased really with where work. you're at now? I'm really pleased. Yeah. But I think we can always do better. Definitely. And do you think Definitely. that makes for a funnier, better show? If you've got a hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent, because. Broadening the point of view is only ever going to benefit you. It's just going to make you see things that you never thought of before. People bring in jokes that I would have never thought of. People bring in stories that would never have occurred to me. Yeah. Can you think yeah. of one that got on the air? Um, well, I probably wouldn't have. I, I don't know that I would have thought to go to Jordan if this woman, Roseanne, didn't work here. She yeah. brought the story to us. She was like, "You should. we should do this. We should go talk to refugees. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. You know? She's wonderful. She has great ideas. You know, it, you need that. You need people from all different walks of life. It, it helps so much. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it hasn't. Well, it takes effort, right? It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. A certain amount of creativity. And I guess there aren't a lot of examples, right, where you've, like you, where you said, we've done it and now it's working. You can see it, the evidence. You can see you it. You can see it, but it's not like, I mean, I don't want to claim to be solving problems. I think just for us, we are trying to make change. We are trying to make it different. We're doing our absolute best. Hopefully, it'll get better and better and better. That's our dream. So one of the less good articles I read was was a very earnest article saying, you know, everyone says that John Oliver and Samantha B eviscerate this person and destroy uh -huh. this person, um, but actually they haven't really changed anything. Right. <laughs> I thought, well, you could just stop the article there, but it went on <laughs> right. at length. Sure. Um, but what I was thinking about is, is that presumably most people who are coming to the show, especially now, know who you are. They probably think they know what they're getting. Do you want to speak to that same audience and, or do you want to broaden the audience and find people who don't agree with you? Well, you have to play against your audience sometimes. I mean, you just have to – you really can't build a show that's good if you sit around thinking too hard about what your audience will like or not like. You don't want to completely alienate everybody, right. but at the same time, you can't – it's not a comedy show by committee. It's not a crowdsourced comedy show. That doesn't work. So you have to have a vision. You go for your vision. If you go straightforwardly into the vision that you have for your show and don't care too much what other people say about it, you'll be just fine. People will go on that journey with you. It's when you start to waffle that people lose interest. I lose interest. I mean, here's another way of asking it. Do you want to actually influence someone's vote? Do you want to influence legislation? I'm just, I'm strictly in this for satire. I'm strictly in this for comedy and satire. If things happen because of something that we did, it usually means that other people have been working really, really hard on that issue for a really long time. <laughs> Doing so eviscerating is <laughs> enough. You don't need. So eviscerating is good for me if it helps 
Like John's done something. these stunts, right, where he said, you know, sure. go ahead and, and pepper the FCC with, yeah. with emails. I don't think you've done any of that yet. Oh, we've we've asked people to look up their local <laughs> their local legislators for sure. That's a start. I mean, that's really pretty. That's very important. But we don't. You know, we haven't done too much of that. I'm sure we will, but I mean, look, you know, I learned what a superdelegate was. That was good. I learned what a superdelegate was. <laughs> we all did. And you started the show with that too. I mean, it's it was <laughs> it's, impressive it's that tough. you went right with the educational bit. Right, right. Why not? So, uh, how do you time out the rest of the year? Do you say, all right, we're going to take a? Can you go off during the summer? Or do you have to stick around because of the convention? No, no, no. We're going to go off. You know, one of the things when your name is on the show, you get to kind of tailor the schedule a little bit to the extent that that's possible. I'm trying to tailor the show to the public school calendar because my kids go to a PS mm-hmm. and I need to be on vacation with them sometimes. So um, New York City schools go late into June. They do, and we have we have a break next week, so yeah. we're going to go on vacation next week. So we do, you know, we'll do like three shows. Then we do need a week sometimes just to build up stories and yeah. build up the field pieces. They take a lot of time to shoot. Did you consider like increasing the pace in the fall, saying, all right, look, we can do two a week or there's demand no, for this? I think no, so. once, one I a week think is once good. One a week is good. We'll go to the conventions. We'll do all of that stuff and take the appropriate number of breaks, keep people interested, but also it helps the show to build up stories and to shoot stuff out in the world. It takes time. It's hard to do when you have a show three days from now. It's hard to go to Germany. All right, go make your show. I know <laughs> you're busy. You. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank you so Appreciate much. It. This is lovely. It's so nice to do an interview and be looking at you. I, you get to look at me. That's you get kind to of, eat. I got snacks. It was very nice. Thanks, Samantha. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you, Sam B. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys did too. You can subscribe easily at iTunes.com. While you're there, you can leave us a review. We're much appreciative. And if you like that, there is more free content for you at iTunes. Kara Swisher has Recode Decode. Lauren Good, who you've heard a bunch from, has Too Embarrassed to Ask. Those are excellent shows. Go get them now. You can also get Recode Replay, where you can hear the awesome conference events we do. Those things cost thousands of dollars to attend. You can hear the audio for free. You're welcome. They're easy to get. They're almost as easy to get as ordering Mac Weldon from MacWeldon.com. Thank you, Mac Weldon. Also, thank you, Sortable, Oxford Road, and Digital Media, the guys who make this podcast possible. This is Recode Media. I'm Peter Kafka. I will see you next week.